everybody. Hi, friends. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, <laughs> some psychopath out on the internet uh, just figured out that all the fun Christmas songs were uh, written by uh, Jewish songwriters. Yeah. And, uh, so we're going to respond to that. I, it's very funny. I think, um, you know, you got to find new stuff to complain about during the war on Christmas season. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is really the best part of the season for so many Christians. Uh, they, they're, they're less and less interested in, you know, presents under the tree and, and you know, a nice hot chocolate or whatever. And more and more interested in how are they out to get us? Right. So we're going to so. get into that. That's yeah. coming up later on the show, Dan. But first, uh, did you hear that uh, there's a new Moses in town? Oh, what? <laughs> oh, wake up, honey. The new Moses has dropped. <laughs> He's burning bushes. Oh, my God. What, yeah. What do we got? What do we got? I, well, uh, this is this is, I guess uh, I'm going to say this. If. If it's American and somehow the uh, like Lake Superior doesn't get parted, I would be furious. <laughs> well, this is also, I guess, it's not just a Moses story, but it's also a Mike Johnson update. Oh, God. Uh, because uh, the U.S. Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, uh, has compared himself to Moses <laughs> in his uh, leading of the GOP conference and America. Um, mm. as though through the parted waters of the Red Sea, uh, he was at an event that he thought was, um, private. Uh, he was at the National Association of Christian Lawmakers, the NACL, NACL, Christian Lawmakers, National Association of Christian Lawmakers, which is abbreviated NAZI, I think. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Um, they had their, uh, their award gala at the museum of the Bible in Washington, mm. DC. Uh -huh. Um, and like I said, he was unaware that the event was being recorded. <laughs> and so he said, uh, to the crowd, uh, I'll tell you a secret since media is not here. Thank you for not allowing the media in. He added, um, <laughs> while alleging that, uh, journalists had been taking his comments out of context with great joy for the last oh. few weeks. But he then revealed that in the lead up uh, to Kevin McCarthy um, being ousted as speaker of the house and then the, the drawn out uh, process uh, that the Republicans put themselves through in order to select a new speaker um, that he during, during that, that period of time he had been speaking directly to God. Oh, yes. And yeah. uh, he received a message from God where God told him to prepare for a, quote, Red Sea moment. And okay. uh, he said that uh, the Lord began to wake him up in the middle of the night uh, through the three the three week process um, in order to talk to him. Wow. And I just paraphrased a quote. In his own words, he said, the Lord began to wake me up through this three week process in the middle of night to speak to me. Good now, Lord. at the time, he continued, I assumed the Lord was going to choose a new Moses. Right. But and he acknowledged his uh, sort of lower rank amongst GOP leadership. He was interpreting the, the God's message to him. Uh, to, to say something like, you know, um, that he was going to be the new, uh, an Aaron to Moses, right? Okay. Because surely he would not end up being Moses. No. Right? Um, I think we all were pretty surprised about that point. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, anyway, um, the Lord kept telling him through the whole thing, wait, 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 as the other people would put up, put their name in and be knocked around and everything. So he says that he waited. And then at the end, the Lord said, now step forward, step forward. And, uh, yeah. So we have a speaker of the house who we know yeah. is a, is already lunatic fringe. 
Yeah. Um, Christian nationalist. Yeah. And um, he is, he talks to God and he, and he acknowledges that he knows, Hey, look, I'm a Southern Baptist. I don't want to get too spooky on you. He says, Uh, (laughs) but you know, the Lord speaks, but you know, the Lord speaks to your heart. Oh God. Can I just say, I want to know. I just want to know. I need to know. Yeah. Okay. So the Lord speaks to him. Is, is he hearing a voice or is he imagining? Does he know that, 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 that it, there's not a voice and he's just sort of interpreting feelings, right? Because yeah. one is highly problematic and the other one is even more problematic. Right. <laughs> yeah. So there, neither's a good choice. No. There's no, there's no good way out of this, but <laughs> please tell us that yours is not the literal cuckoo bananas. one. <laughs> just also, the normal hey, cuckoo. Bananas can I just, one. can I just say something about his choice of, uh, of sort of metaphor because, mm-hmm. okay, let's say that you are the chosen Moses, the new Moses chosen to lead America out of its bondage. Yeah. Right. It's metaphorical bondage in, Egypt, whatever that means. I don't, I bet he couldn't really tell you. Do you know what happens after the (laughs) Lord parts the Red Sea? Uh oh. It's just that you, that then Moses leads everyone around completely like just lost in the wilderness for 40 fucking years. Yeah. Yep. Is that what you want, speaker? Because it sounds actually really genuinely like the Republican platform right now. I think that is officially their platform. Lead Americans around aimlessly for 40 years. I mean, because they don't have a plan. Yeah. I mean, hopefully the clock's already been ticking on that. Yeah. Like how many, how many years are left in them? Starting with Gingrich, maybe. Because it does feel like America's in the wilderness. You're totally right to point that out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. Well, it, listen, uh, tis the season. Mm. Uh, it is It is. It is the uh, the holiday times. And, of course, uh, the Vatican. Yeah. They're very into this whole Jesus thing. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> uh, but they, they're, very, they're quite devoted to it. Right. Um. And they are celebrating an anniversary this year. Oh, okay. They're they're gonna have a crash there in uh, St. Peter's Square. It's a cute one. Well, this one's gonna be a little different. Okay. This one uh, was created. It, it's gonna have some like stone surrounding it, mm-hmm. or stone stone looking material <laughs> surrounding it. This one was created. By some artisans in uh, the small town of Greccio mm. in Italy. Okay. And it is made to recreate the first crash ever. Okay. That was done 800 years ago this year. Okay. By St. Francis Assisi. Oh. Uh, who, uh, who, was, uh, who decided to, to make... To recreate the uh, the birth of Jesus visually right. there, there in Greccio, which is near Rome, okay, back in the year twelve twenty three. So okay, so they have records that they're basing yeah. this on, yeah. And they're wow. So a- oh. anyone whose mom collects little nativity scenes, little creches, yeah. You can tell her proudly that that is a, she is part of an 800-year tradition, turning 800 this year. What isn't that cute? 800. Uh, yeah, yeah. Saint Francis. That's apparently. that's that's wild. Um, I thought that there was going to be something scandalous in this. No, it's just kind of cute. I don't know. <laughs> Listen. It's the holiday. It's the holidays. Uh, it's getting dark now. Yeah. Way too early. It's I true. I don't have it in me to do too many bummers uh, on today's show. <laughs> I, I, Life's I enough of a bummer at the moment. 
I found a bunch of bummer uh, stories and I was like, no, no, uh, rejected. No. Okay. A crush uh, and uh, uh, they're celebrating 800 years. Who the fuck cares? It's stupid, but there you go. <laughs> I will say the Vatican does it right for Christmas. Yeah. Like, and I would say Italy does it right for Christmas. Like I, yeah. I always loved, yeah, I loved the Christmas season in, in Italy. It just, oh, just, it's always just feels, it has a good feel to it. They're right? going to have a 90 foot tall Christmas tree. Yeah. There. They don't, they like cover up the, the obelisk that's there. I don't know about that. They just, Probably. they glue a bunch of branches to the, to the oh, obelisk. Oh, interesting. No, no this they, is, they this is that. actually a fir tree. Oh, okay. This is actually a 90 foot tall fir tree that apparently was going to be cut down because of damage to its trunk. Oh. So it was already injured. So we don't have to feel so bad for it. <laughs> I I never feel bad for the Chris for the Christmas tree, do you? I mean if thing? it if it was farmed, then I don't feel as bad. Okay. If it, if it's like part of a clear cut or whatever, then it's yeah. not or, if it, or, I, or or you know, if if it's one of those majestic huge amazing trees that could have just been left alone but like rockefeller center just had to have it that that kind of sucks i saw the story from this year where it's like somebody's house it was in their front yard oh like in new jersey or something the rockefeller center one yeah yeah it was just a giant giant pine tree in somebody's front yard and they had a picture (laughs) of the house and i'm like they're going to regret that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, they get a say. I mean, to be honest, you are dining out for quite some time on that one. Right? Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. Um, that, but that is that is your famous in the neighborhood forever. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, like what you do, you, that person is going to like, there's going to be a sign at the stump <laughs> saying where it went for years. <laughs> This they're going to have a like a little barren a little, hole in our landscaping. A plaque made up for that. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Dan, just yeah. in, just in time for Christmas, uh, have an update uh, from Denmark um, about mm. um, Koran burnings in in oh. in, in Denmark. Uh, they are now officially illegal. Oh, um, the damn bill. it. I was, I was also, I had it, my plane ticket booked. I was going to go burn <laughs> some holy books in, in Denmark. Denmark. Just cause, cause Denmark some problems. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the past 94 to 77 uh, in the, par- in the Danish parliament. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's a, a solid uh, win, but that's also, fairly like fairly divided controversial yeah um yeah. and it is controversial yeah the penalty for uh, burning tearing um or defiling any religious text in public could be uh, a little stay of two years behind uh bars wow um, two years it could be a fine or up to two years destroying uh, any holy text on video uh, and disseminating the footage online uh, could also put offenders in jail. So the trick there is the whole the old VHS, the old <laughs> viral VHS copy of something. Uh-huh. Um, that's what you got to do with that one. You film yourself <laughs> burning the Quran on VHS, and then and then broadcast it over over broadcast TV. No, no, no. Well, no, you definitely wouldn't want to do that. But you could tell everybody, hey, yeah, hey. I've got free copies of this video cassette of me burning the Quran. Right. This um, sounds like a great idea that you have here. Frank. And, and you I can just hand that out. Right. You've cracked the code. Uh, you know, this is the, 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 the genius legal mind of, oh, of Frank Feldman. Um, no. So um, uh, the far right is outraged. Uh, here's uh, one Mr. Inger Stoyberg history will judge us harshly for this. And with good reason, um, what it all comes down to is whether a restriction on freedom of speech is determined by us or whether it is dictated from the outside. Mm. Um, and then from the left 
side of the political spectrum. We have Corinna Lawrenson uh, saying, uh, does Iran change its legislation because Denmark feels offended by something an Iranian would do? Does Pakistan, does Saudi Arabia? The answer is no. And so, um, yeah, that's true. Um, I understand both of those perspectives. I think they're right. Other than nobody in Denmark goes and like has a riot and maybe murders people when someone, when someone burns their holy book. Well, maybe they should start. <laughs> maybe. I think you've taken the wrong lesson from this, Franklin. <laughs> maybe they should act. Like <laughs> crazed lunatics. Yeah. The Retaliatory. Next, the next uh, time is what's called for um, Iran engages in, oh, I don't know, oppressing women. Yeah. Right? Yep. Because that's have offensive. A, have, that offends. Have a riot about it. That offends the Danish sensibility, right? 100%. And so I think that they should probably offend something else. In their sensibility, which is probably peace and quiet and <laughs> behaving yeah. like rational human beings. <laughs> so there you oh, go. So man. it's now illegal. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm with you that I that I I I, I get it. I, I get that they f- they felt like they had to do fucking something about this, but yeah. it's fucking outrageous. Um, ah, I just yeah, it's there's no easy answer here. Yeah. Everybody feel I you know, I see so many people who are like, you should never infringe on the rights to protest. It's just a book, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, yes, you are correct about all of that. And yet also let's maybe prevent some uh, some riots and stuff. I don't know. It's a shit thing to do anyway. Yeah. To burn someone's holy book is just a shit thing to do. It's a yes, it should be legal. I think I 100% think it should be, but it's also a dick move. So there you go. But I don't think <laughs> we're allowed to be dicks. Yeah, it's true. Well, uh, speaking of dicks, <laughs> that's, that's a bad segue to me talking about the spiritual but not religious. Um, no, I <laughs> okay. I, so the so Pew. Pew Pew has just done a, a study. They've released a new study asking some questions that they've never asked before oh. uh, about spiritual but not religious, or rather spirituality and religion. Uh, I still don't know what spiritual means. No one's ever been able to really identify sort of. I don't think that there's a unifer- universal or uh, or universally understood meaning to that word. Other than just, you know, I, if if a theremin plays while you're thinking about something, then in your mind, then maybe that that's spirituality. Oh, Dan. What? <laughs> okay, great. Offer up your 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 definition or what? Well, how do you- I I don't. I'm not a spiritual person, right? So right. I I don't have. Uh, I don't have a real connection to that word, but I'm not going to like discount something that, that people who, you know, a lot of people who aren't God believers, right. Still yeah. feel this, like this, it, it, I, they're wrapping up a lot of different things into this, into this one word. And I think one of them I is agree sort of with that. awe at the sort of the scope of like, the, the universe and um, our own consciousnesses and uh, just connections like, and yeah between and, people. But like, I, here's so the like, problem. So, so there's this, none of those words on their own or in any some, some sort of clunky combination matches what people are, are feeling and experiencing. And they, they, and so they've, they use the word spiritual to sort of describe what that amalgam of things is. And yeah, so I'm not going to take that away from them or, you know. Look, I'm I'm not taking anything away from anybody. I can't stop people from using that word. But if you get 50 people from various parts of the world 
who all identify as spiritual into a room and then check what it means to them, you're going to have 50 definitions of that word. And I think and some they of them would, are going to be very, very different and I think, from each other. I think they, people who experience this, would be fine with that and understand that 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 there are differences and be, be okay. cool. Well, with that. anyway, because you know it's not a precise word, thing. Yes, that word uh, spiritual. Uh, you know, we hear a lot about a category that is spiritual but not religious. Mm-hmm. Spiritual. Uh, and this is the first time that uh, Pew has actually looked into that category in any real sort of way. Mm. And, uh, and, and the numbers shake out in, in interesting ways. Uh, uh, do you, would you care to... So we're not including people who are neither spiritual nor religious. That's its own category. Of the spiritual but not religious in the United States of America, how, what percent do you think we have? Of Americans who say they are spiritual but not religious. Correct. Oh, I think it's a, I bet it's 15%. 22. 22. 22%. With another 21% of Americans, neither spiritual nor religious. What? That is 43% of America non-religious explicitly saying they are non-religious oh we are so winning this thing <laughs> we're, we're coming in hot <laughs> um some although it like because spirituality is so badly defined mm. uh th- this category of spiritual but not religious runs the gamut mm. some of them 45 percent of spiritual but not religious are still religiously affiliated. So what are you doing? <laughs> but they don't feel religious. Right. They're not religious, but they are affiliated. Uh, One-fifth of them identify as, of those, that of that 45% identify as Protestant, 12%, or, or no, one-fifth of that category is, is Protestant, and 12% are Catholic. Mm. Anyway, um, it's... I, it's an interesting question. I, I'm kind of glad that they're asking it now mm-hmm. because I am shocked by, by those numbers. 21% of Americans are neither spiritual nor religious. That's us, kids. Uh, yeah. that, is, that is over one in five people in America. That, that is I, but not I want, a small number. What percentage of those people still continue on with some sort of God belief? Because you could believe in God but not be spiritual. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you'd be like, yeah, uh, I, I just don't care about it. I, well, we I, have that it's answer. Unknowable. Okay. Spiritual but not religious people. Uh, twenty percent. Only twenty percent of those people believe in God as described in the Bible. Okay. Okay. So. All right. So there you go. It's a, it's a it's a diminishing uh, group of people. I love um, it. They are much less likely than religious people to say that they believe in heaven or hell. Right. Though 54% of them do believe in heaven and 40% of them do believe in hell. Okay. Come on guys. Get it together. People. Yeah. You also, you like the good one. You don't like right. the bad one. But right. that's, that's actually in line with also uh religious people who, of whom 93% <laughs> believe in heaven and only 83% believe in hell. So Yeah. I, I people like to believe uh, that good things are going to happen to them, and I think of the people who believe in hell, they're more eager for bad things to happen to other people. It's not about their own thing. Of course, they're not going to hell. They're just they just hope that that the people that they don't like are going to be going there. It's a it's a giddy Schadenfreude that they have. Yeah, it's actually surprising that more people uh, that the number isn't swapped right right yeah that there's sort of more of a general belief or a hope i know i hope (laughs) that there's actually a hell (laughs) right because i know who would go there yeah because clearly i'm not going to hell (laughs) right obviously we're good people so we can't go there i don't believe in god i don't believe in heaven but i sure believe in hell yeah yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it's yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's right here. Uh it makes sense, but I will point out that demographically that uh 
women are far more likely to be uh, spiritual but not religious than men. So, yeah, that makes sense. Most, I mean, that makes sense largely in in terms of like rejecting religion. Religion is often so shitty to women yeah. that it makes sense that they would reject religion. Yeah. Even if they don't want to reject, you know, certain aspects, the, the, the quote unquote spiritual aspects of it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Even though men are more uh, likely to be, uh, to, to identify as atheist or agnostic. Hmm. Okay. So, there you go. Uh, stuff's happening. We, <sighs> we like to keep up with, uh, with, with good news about, I mean, we don't have any trends. This is a, since this was the first time they've asked about it. We don't know the trends, but we do know that that's uh, that's an awful lot of Americans no longer. Yeah, I mean, connecting to religion. Yeah, we 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 may not have the numbers, but we know the trends. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. we 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 know which direction these things are going. Absolutely, uh, and from where they came. All right, uh, Dan. This yeah. is this is in this is right in line with your story earlier that's it's just good news it's just fun good news very recently the central bucks uh school board uh which i believe is in pennsylvania they held their uh they call it their reorganization meeting so i think it's the the one after the election where the Mm. new school new school board members are coming in and meeting up and the, the 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 school board members who you know, got reelected, you know, they all, they're all together for the first time. Sure. And, um, and so that means it's time for some swearings in, right? Yes. And that of course means that there's a lot of Bibles that have been brought along or pulled out or whatever so that people can put their hand on the Bible and uh, act like that's going to make them do the job better. (laughs) Yeah. Pretend like that makes any difference in their lives whatsoever. (laughs) I, I, yeah. So, um, but then one of the incumbents, uh, a woman, a woman by the name of Karen Smith, uh, instead of bringing along a Bible, she brought along a, a stack of books and, uh, and she, she, she decided that she was going to take her oath with her hand placed on uh, a stack of banned, uh, or, or frequently banned uh, books from oh, from school it. libraries and school curricula and all. Oh, that I stuff. love it so um, much because she had actually in I guess the previous school board she had really fucking had to fight um, about books and um, there was apparently a fairly famous uh, story that I do not think we talked about uh, on the show that took place in this school district where Night the book Night. Um, mm. by um, Elie Wiesel, famous book and famous author, um, that it was actually pulled, that a display had been pulled by a school librarian and it sort of went viral and whatnot. Anyway, so she included uh, Night, Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye, mm. um, let's see, uh, as well as uh, a, a number of LGBTQ books that had been challenged in the school district as well. Mm. Apparently there's this group called woke PA and they're not using woke like how the rest of the world uses woke. Um, they're, they're going after books and there's uh, let's see. Uh, she included a book called Lillian Duncan, which uh, follows the friendship between two eighth graders, a transgender girl and a boy with bipolar disorder. It was said by woke PA uh, that there was strong sexual content. Uh, and so parents were complaining to the school district, blah, 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 blah. Well, Karen Smith, um, our school board member, she said that she got a copy of the book. She read all the way through it and there's nothing, not even a kiss. She said, wow. um, the, the only reason Smith could figure that for the sexual content warning was the fact that one of the main characters was transgender. Um, yeah, she says just the existence of a transgender student in the book was enough for some folks who want to challenge it. And it's a beautiful story. Um, and so that, it, that's so perfect yeah. because these hyper religious organizations 
resort to lying yeah to uh in order to ban to ban books it's it seems like it's exactly right yeah and so and and that's absolutely true because either that or they but, can't tell the difference between like some a, a sexual situation and a trans person existing in which case i really am sad for their sex lives that sounds terrible <laughs> well you know i can't speak to the trans experience but as a gay man absolutely like people yeah. it doesn't happen so much anymore but like people were always just a little too curious about you know the bedroom back in the day yeah right yeah and so yeah i think that's that's exactly it conservatives they hear the words they think about the people and they can't help but think of sexual acts it and gives them the pee pee tickles and suddenly they're like no <laughs> <laughs> yeah so good story yeah good story for I, I for, for dan's dan's doldrums <laughs> yeah hopefully that helped dan well i am i'm i'm gonna close this off with another odd but question mark positive thing is this our show are we doing our show right now dan right <laughs> uh so i'm taking us to notre dame indiana okay Home of that very famous uh, Catholic college. That's right. St. Mary's College uh, in Notre Dame. Oh, okay. Uh, apparently, there's mul multiple Catholic colleges there. It's a very Catholic town, I, I guess. St. Mary's is an all-women's college. And uh, as of n now, they are accepting trans women in that. So oh. that, you know, they are a hundred percent a Catholic women's college, but they're like, look, plenty of Catholic colleges and universities accept non-Catholics and even people who are opposed to Catholic, you know, teachings mm -hmm. because they're just colleges. They're just trying to educate people. And, you know, generally speaking, that's, that's a more liberal endeavor. So hmm. that, but right. the, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the, the college, the president of the college announced it, it, that it was happening. They are not the first, uh, women's college, Catholics, women's college to accept trans people, trans women. Uh, but they are, they're definitely jumping on. Uh, and it was not a, a unilateral decision. Hmm. This was actually, uh, the 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 board the 33 member board of trustees apparently fully supports this uh this change all right and they're they're out there doing it now not everybody's happy about it uh as you might imagine what shocking i know you'd think that everybody would be super super cool with it but uh the bishop of the diocese that contains the college uh very upset <laughs> that he was not consulted. Yeah. Well, when this happened. Yeah. This is Bishop Kevin Rhodes who uh who decided Wait, Is that he upset because he feels excluded in making such a great decision? Right? <laughs> he, is that yeah, is that why he's upset? That must be it. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. His he 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 said I urge the board of trustees of St. Mary's College to correct it's admissions policy. Oh. Uh, he did. He said a very nice thing before this, by the way. He said that uh, the desire of St. Mary's College to show hospitality to people who identify as transgender is not the problem. The oh. problem is a Catholic woman's college embracing a definition of woman that is not Catholic. Oh. Because uh, really, okay. if you want to know how to define uh -huh. woman... The the resource you want to look to is the Catholic Church. I mean, They're, uh, like the the church run entirely by men uh, <laughs> is really the best place to go for all of your uh, all of your needs in terms of understanding the category of woman. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. They they probably it's probably not so much woman that they understand. They probably understand little lady, right? <laughs> That's probably more the category that. <laughs> that they're really good at, right? I 
Love it. <laughs> that was a damned good joke, and I'm giving you credit for it. Oh, brother. All right. Listen, friends, uh, all you gents and little ladies out there, if you have anything you'd like to say about this or any of the things that we've talked about on today's show, feel free to write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. We'd love to hear from you. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Stick around. There's more show coming up. Well, Frank, uh, I think we've talked about and and maybe even played clips from a guy named Rick Scarborough before. Mm. Uh, he's a he's a real peach of a of a fella, uh, and he has recently given us a, a sermon. Uh, first of all, I am just going to describe the the visual of where he's giving this sermon because I am looking at a windowless wall that is just solid gray. Yeah, uh, a small stage that he's on with two very sad Christmas wreaths. <laughs> this is a very big, very tall wall, mm -hmm. and all you see is two Christmas wreaths, sort of down at like human head level. <laughs> a banner that a smallish, weird banner that says something about you know joy on it in mm. the middle, going down the middle, and then two. Utterly prominent white, like air conditioning vents <laughs> at the top of the wall. Honestly, it what, is, what passes for a church these days? This is right? a sad church, friends. <laughs> uh, I'm going to play a clip from Mr. Scarborough's recent sermonizing. I, I'm just going to say, Frank, I think he's got your number and, and that of all of the gay fellas because he really gets. Oh, sorry. He's. He will say he doesn't like the word gay. Oh. Uh, I'm not 100% sure what his objection is. Okay. Although there was another quote that I didn't do choose for, for this week uh, of another Christian douchebag saying he doesn't say the word gay because there's nothing happy right. about being a yucky poo-poo uh, homosexual. <laughs> sure. I, I don't think he said yucky poo-poo, but I think what he said was not any more eloquent. Mature. Oh, sure. That. Okay. Uh, so anyway, here, here's what Scarborough had to say. Sin often begins manifesting itself even by the, the, the transformation of your characteristics. And about 80% of the time before a homosexual opens his mouth, you can see by the look on his face that he's, I won't say the word gay, it almost slipped out. Uh, a sodomite will always reflect it in his countenance. And if he doesn't naturally, he'll learn it by those he hangs around with. Oh, he's got you. <laughs> he's got you, Frank. He's I think, figured out uh, gaydar. He has figured out gaydar. I mean, he would never call it that. <laughs> Clearly, no. he would call it sodomite dar. Sodomite dar. <laughs> uh, he he is. And let me tell you something. If you've if you've honed your sodomite dar. <laughs> It means you've been hanging out with gay dudes. He's he's very obviously been staring <laughs> for a long, long periods of time at gay men. Yeah. He's been paying close attention to gay men. I mean, he's absolutely right. right? <laughs> like, sure. You, uh, you, you do get a sense of it after a while. Yeah, absolutely. Who, the gay man in the room and who he is. But but usually one has to have like yeah spent significant time with gay people to uh, to develop this, no, 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 with, this with sodomite people yeah exactly <laughs> so I, I don't know the lady doth protest too much methinks uh, anyway gross uh, he's gross and uh, Sodom Dar and he has he has. Sodomite dar. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> All right. Well, we've had some folks uh, write into us, call into us. Uh, I will start with Megan, the Oki, who's responding to someone who wrote into us last week uh, who, who wanted to join the Mormon church in order, you'll recall, to gain a share of 
the billions mm. once when when the thing actually falls apart. Right. And we we said that you know you had to be you had to be a higher up. You yeah. had to be oh, totally. uh, an important. They're person. not going to share that shit or and spread that around. Right, exactly. So uh, here's what Megan had to say. Uh, Last week, someone named Eli put forward a plan to join the Mormon church just in case the money ever got divided amongst the remaining members. You guys said there's no way that cash would make it down the rank to the rank and file and that there's certain last names one probably needs to have, including, (laughs) quote, one of the sleeper last names like Bittner. Bittner? Mm. My is my mother's maiden name, says Megan. Uh, my family has multiple generations of Catholics, uh, but could only, but could this be my ticket into the great Mormon fortune? Aww. Could I be a long lost Mormon princess foretold for centuries? <laughs> I imagine secret Mormon royalty. Could this be the the beginning of how we destroy the Mormon Church once and for all? And if the Mormon Bittners uh, use an alternate spelling, she spells it B-U-E-T-T-N-E-R. Yeah, Bittner, B-I-T-N-E-R. Yeah, well, that's just an alternate spelling. So she says if they use an alternate spelling, it's probably just some uh, some Ellis Island fuckery. Oh. I can work with that. I'm willing to I'm willing to be the double agent we need here. Just tell me who I need to marry or schmooze or pray to, and I'll get us that money. Oh, Megan, we can tell you who wow. you need to marry. First of all, marriage is the right choice for you. <laughs> uh, you are, I presume, a female person, uh, or at least female presenting in your name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, marriage is exactly what you're going to want to do. Yeah. Yeah. But I like the us in that. I like that you say, I'll get us that money. That's your impulse to share that wealth uh, with, I presume, me and Frank first, and then the rest of the uh, of the non-believing <laughs> community. I think that that's a that's that's a kind and good impulse. <laughs> uh, we have a we have a, a a caller in, do we not? We do indeed. This is um, also coming to us from Oklahoma. Oh, we got Okies. Okies in the house. Um, is, that, is that something you spray for? What do you do when you have Okies? <laughs> a bad case of the Okies. You put, a, um, put up traps? I'm not sure what one does. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you just set out some catfish and everybody come, comes a running. <laughs> um, this was uh, in response to us talking about Butter Jesus. Oh, yes. And the, uh, uh, the famous sculpture of jesus that burned down a while ago all right let's hear what uh who is this pedro we'll hear what pedro has to say hey frank and dan this is uh pedro from oklahoma um i was listening to your episode where you're talking about the uh butter jesus and i thought it was uh hilarious that as you were talking about that i was walking by a statue of jesus here at the uh oklahoma memorial and i just thought it was uh, very ironic that they have a statue of Jesus that is looking away from all the damage that was caused, and it's sad. And I thought to myself, well, Jesus, why don't you just fix it? Like, why don't you just go back in time and fix it? And so, anyway, I just um, cannot help but think of the irony of having something like that on a place that uh, was damaged by a white Christian nationalist. And we put our uh, you know, our Oklahoma faith and to Jesus to fix this issue. Anyway, just thought I would share the irony as I was walking by it. If you've never been to the Oklahoma uh, Memorial Museum, I definitely uh, recommend coming out and taking a look and, you know, being sad for a day, but it's a uh, history that we all need to learn from. Anyway, thank you guys. I uh, love the show. Love everything that you all do. See ya. Well, Pedro, thanks for that. I just looked up <laughs> more, the the Jesus at the Oklahoma City bombing mm-hmm. uh, memorial, and he, considering what Pedro just pointed out about how, like, yeah, it was a Christian nationalist that did this, I think that the face palm that Jesus is doing in this thing <laughs> is perfect. <laughs> he literally has his hand palm. over his face. He literally looks like he's going, oh, no, you're totally right. That's a terrible statue. (laughs) 
That's not. I don't. I don't look at that and go weeping Jesus. I see exasper exacerbated Jesus. Yeah, it's perfect. It's exactly what I want from a Jesus. It is Jesus oh. going. Oh my God, what Just, is happening? He's uh, that's so cringe. He's saying. <laughs> oh no. Oh Lord. And that's for a- you, young people out there. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma City. There was a there was a bombing back in the nineties. Yeah, nineties. Yeah, yeah. It was the nineties. It was like ninety four, early ninety five, I think, or something. Yeah. It was winter. I I remember it because I wasn't in Oklahoma when it happened. Oh yeah, I was on my mission. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. And I, I you know, I never, I hadn't thought about the bombing in a long time. Right. So I hadn't thought of like Timothy McVeigh and what he stood for and what he was pissed off about. But yeah, white Christian nationalist. Yeah. That's uh, that's a really interesting point. And and that should be. That should be pointed out more. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's literally Christian terrorism Mm -hmm. has been far more of a problem in our country than Muslim terrorism. Yeah. I mean, 9-11 was a big deal. So I'm not I'm not trying to take away from that, but in sort of overall, Christian terrorism is has been just as big of a deal, and and I, Jesus is face palming about it. Far more threatened by Christian nationalists than any other group. Oh, so so much, right? So much, yeah. absolutely. All right. Well, uh, Isaac has a, written into us. He wants to correct me, and I accept his correction. So we'll just we'll just uh, read what he has to say. Hey guys, oh, just to to give background. Do you remember last week, Frank? I kind of went crazy about how many people in this country are illiterate. Yes, uh, the literacy rates of of our country, which I'm still crazy about. But I was uh, I was crazier than perhaps i should have been um so we'll i will let isaac tell us why okay all right uh hey guys indeed uh the most recent numbers from the national center for education statistics which is part of the federal government show that 21 percent of americans are unable to read english well enough to read a text and then compare and contrast paraphrase and make simple inferences uh this is known as level one That standard is considered low literacy, but it's considerably more advanced than reading street signs. The percent of Americans with complete illiteracy below level one was about 8%. Mm. This is the number that the NCES classifies as functionally illiterate, Mm. not the 21% at level one. Uh, Of the 8% that are functionally illiterate, about half were unable to complete the survey at all because of an absolute language barrier or mental or physical incapacity to do so. Hmm. That leaves about 4% of U.S. adults who attempted the survey and were functionally illiterate. Hmm. Now, 21% at level one is still bad, but consider that 14% of the U.S. population was born outside of the U.S. and 20% of the U.S. population speaks a language other than English at home these people are still being measured on their English profici- on their English proficiency, not their ability to read their native languages. Right. So yeah, okay. Uh, Dan, the, Dan, Dan. Well, don't what? <laughs> Absolutely not. I will not be accepting a Dan, Dan, Dan at this time. Uh, what I will be accepting is that yes, uh, I was, I was. I was incorrect in my uh, understanding of which, what level of literacy that 21% of Americans are. Hmm. I'm still flabbergasted at 21% of Americans being at level one, uh, like literally not able to read a text well enough to be able to paraphrase it or compare and contrast um, yeah. and make simple inferences. Yeah. That is still shocking to me and the 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 four percent of u.s adults who are functionally illiterate that is still a shockingly high amount right but yes there are uh, other mitigating factors yes we are a multicultural and uh, multilingual country though we pretend not to be and so yes there are all of these other factors that are involved yeah uh, so so yes thank you for that correction isaac 
Um, do we have some folks to thank? We do, Dan. We have a new patron on Patreon. Okay. Um, a new deacon, in fact, by the name of Christopher. Wow. So hey, Christopher. Thank Welcome you, Christopher. To to magic powers. That's yeah. awesome. You uh, you get to uh, pass the sacrament. Yeah, so good for you. You have the magic power yeah. of bread distribution. <laughs> and if so, you, <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome. <laughs> if you'd like to join Christopher uh, in supporting the show, uh, please do so. You can go to our website, thinkatimatheist.com and click on the support tab. And it's the only support we get is from yeah, you guys. Yeah, we are entirely listener supported. So yeah. uh, so if you feel like. Maybe sp- spreading some Christmas cheer. Yeah, uh, you know, go 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 to our website and uh, and give a little. Yeah, um, and as always, Dan, we have our top donor to thank, our Lord and Savior, Davis. More show coming up. Hey Frank, uh, Dan. You know the tis the season for just so many terrible songs to start invading <laughs> our spaces. Uh, just, just absurd amounts. I was at a restaurant recently and I heard a bad remake of a bad Christmas song and was just like, someone, someone else recorded this thing so there yeah as someone who worked in retail for many years i can just say christmas time is not is a time where i don't look forward to uh to public spaces because because our our national taste if it includes if our national taste is so bad that it includes songs like christmas shoes Mm. and uh that God awful Paul McCartney song. Oh, Dan, that's one of the uh, best. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Uh, you know, so, I, it's we, why we it's stuck in. It's why if somebody just says that they're ha- simply having a wonderful Christmas time, oh, <laughs> you're so mean. You're so mean to the people. Is what I'm saying. Uh, anywho, the. Uh, <laughs> It just gets stuck in your head and it'll never go away. It's it'll amazing. never go away. And that's a sign of it being a really good song. No. As if it's catchy. Right? No, it's not. That's anyway, what I look for. There have been wonderful Christmas songs written uh, mm. over the centuries, over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as you alluded to earlier in the show, at the beginning of the show, some people, and you know what? I'm going to propose that we don't even talk name the Christian, uh, sure, I'm fine with that. The Christian right asshole, fine, who, th- who threw a hissy fit yeah. about this recently, but he discovered <laughs> to his horror <laughs> that a lot of the really good Christmas songs were written skunt and done by Jews. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's that yeah. is he was literally like. We have to cancel all of Christmas that doesn't say the word Jesus. This is just how the, the war on Christmas goes. They have to keep finding new things to be like incredibly freaked out about. Well, I Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just so dumb also because it's like, he's so late to, to, to having found this out. <laughs> right. Well, right. Like we all like knew we this, knew right. This a long time ago, dude. Oh my like, God. Of course. Yes, yeah. Irving are- Berlin, uh, the Gershwins. I think right. we know. We know. We know. We know, dude. Although I, I, I actually hadn't known until we, I started looking into this story. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that Mel Torme, one of my favorite sort of singers of of the mid century era, mm-hmm. was. I didn't know he was Jewish. Yeah, I didn't he know wrote that. One either. of the he he but- wrote the Christmas song. Oh my God. The very one, the one that's called just the Christmas song, although a lot of people call it chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Yeah, I mean it. it it's it's really choice, right? These <laughs> these Christian nationalist types, they want the whole country just to bow down to Christianity, right? Yeah, and then some people come along 
popular <laughs> artists, popular, they're working, you know, artists and musicians and whatnot. And it's that special time of year and they're not going to like participate or right. Make a little money off of it too. Right. Like not just that, but like, like they're, they're not writing. I mean, they, they, they could have written Hanukkah songs, I suppose. Yeah. Right. But if you want to sell some songs in this country, you write a Christmas song. Like, sure. like you said, like really shitty songs. <laughs> yeah. Ton, sell tons of copies because it's just a shitty Christmas song. And then these folks come along and write some of the absolute classics. Oh yeah. But like you were saying, they're not Jesus. Yeah. Because, right? and, and, and he's got it backwards. So his suspicion is that this is part of a conspiracy oh. by the Jewish population of our country to kick Jesus out of Christmas. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like his, this is a conspiracy to de-Jesify <laughs> Christmas. Um, no, no. Uh, and for anyone who's curious, the way that this did come about was that in the early part of the 20th century, songwriting was one of the few places where like, Jewish people were welcomed still like mm. music composition, songwriting mm. was a place where like you could go and not, not encounter much in the way of anti-Semitism, And so, yeah, a lot of Jewish folks flocked to Tin Pan Alley, right. which is sort of the, the, the area, you know, in, in Manhattan, it was where it was, a, you know, they were cranking out songs, just yeah. music. You go buy general. sheet music and go home and play it. Yeah. Yeah. Back in and the day. so, like, there was That's a hunger, yeah, for 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 Christmas songs, and the people who were there to write it happened to be Jewish people. Hmm. So, uh, so yeah, "Let It Snow," "Santa Baby," uh, "The Most Wonderful Time of the Year," "Silver Bells," "White Christmas." All of these were written by Jewish people who were like, you know, the big composers and songwriters of the time. Right. Yeah. You know, Johnny Marks, a guy named Johnny Marks, one one uh, Jewish fellow wrote Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, Ha Holly Jolly Christmas, and Silver and Gold. Call Burr Lives. We've got your guy. <laughs> you know, Christians have really, I mean, it's, I'm not, I'm not saying anything profound or original here, but like, you know, it's it's pretty shitty for Christians through the years, right, to have pushed Jews off to the fringes, right? Yeah, and 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 then like a, a corner of the universe starts to thrive, right? There starts <laughs> to be something interesting happening over there, and and then the Christians are all upset about it that the right. Jews are over there, like you know flourishing right like famously back olden times in europe like you know um they pushed the christians pushed jewish people into like lending and and banking right right and all of a sudden they get rich and now they're all pissed off about it right right it's like well you you you, you limited their activities to something that was going to make them rich yeah exactly so, right <laughs> Like, and it's the that same was, thing with this. It's like that was you guys that did that. <laughs> so it's like, what the fuck? Like, well, and and the other thing is, uh, far from being a conspiracy to de-Jesify right. Christmas, if you ask Jews to write Christmas songs, are they going to feel comfortable diving into Jesus stuff? C correct. Right. I'm I'm gonna say no. Right. I you know if someone asked me to write. A Hanukkah song, or a you know, a and a, a a Eid song, or a you know, a Ramadan song, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to feel great about like delving into the theology. Sure, but you, you know can what do I mean? some Ramadama ding dong, la ba da ba la, <laughs> right? I, and oh my God, you just wrote a hit, my friend. <laughs> if you write about like. The family gathering and yeah. everyone having love around the table and, mm -hmm. you know, fun, the fun that's being had mm -hmm. in the season. 
or whatever. You know, obviously do your own research about uh, what the season is like. I don't know what Ramadan is like. In a, in well, a it rotates, home. which is one of the most annoying things about it. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Frank's gripes with Ramadan. <laughs> but yes, uh, what you're right about is like nice feelings. Yeah. No, you're because right. That's because you don't, because it's not. You're not going to be comfortable going into their space about about, about the that. rest of it, but you know family togetherness and you know yeah. that that stuff. You've that stuff's universal, right? Yeah. There's a exactly. reason, yeah. And secular Christmas uh yeah, it is it 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 does feel a little universal at times. And maybe that's a lot of it because there is so much of the stuff that is like just celebrating togetherness in the season and whatnot yeah yeah and all of these ding-dongs that are screaming about taking the jesus out the christ out of christmas dude say jesus a thousand times in your house it'll be fine (laughs) you know what i mean like go to church a bunch right it's you're gonna be okay you can have as much jesus in your christmas as you can handle Yes, you're going to probably get divorced because of it. But like you're going to like do it as much as you want. Say say literally spend the entire day saying nothing, no other words but Jesus Christ. Let's <laughs> say like the best Christmas ever. You go knock yourself out, man. <laughs> Put the Jesus right back into into Christmas if you want to. Uh, the rest of us will be trying to enjoy ourselves. And I include, like, I think most Christians don't want a Christmas that is only about Jesus. God. no. I mean, growing up, Dan, did your parents try to, like, read, like, the, 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 the Christmas story from no. the Bible at all? Thank God, no. Oh, my dad. Like, it happened, like they sort of got progressively more like crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, in their Mormonism <laughs> as time progressed, because like when I was a kid, they were still sort of freshly into the church. Yeah. Andrea's and then, family still does that. Oh to this God. And it's just like, and so like, these were things that were like being added on. Right. It wasn't uh-huh. something that I grew up and, Oh, dad's now going to read, you know, from the Bible. Right. It's, you know, although I don't know if I'd ever would have been excited about that even as a child, but, um, but like it was just the fucking worst. Yeah. Right. And it's the most boring thing. And here's the other thing. It's a good thing that my parents didn't do that because at some point along the way, I would have become very annoyed by this. And I would have noticed that the gospel of Luke does not match up at all with the gospel of Matthew Right. Uh and and it and the and is actually irreconcilable with these two these two gospels tell totally different stories that you can't reconcile. Uh and I would start to point that out. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And that's a fun game that you all can play at home with your family members <laughs> if they start to trot out too much Jesus stuff. If it's just a little bit of Jesus, let them have it. It's their time anyway. But if it's a if it if it's excessive in your face, Jesus, you can combat it. You can com- you can fight Jesus with Jesus if you're not if if you feel like it. But don't what you don't do is bring up ideas that like Horus and all these the Jesus is just playing off of all these other things because that's all bullshit. I hate to say it, you guys, but like all that stuff that that all these other mythical figures were born on to the 25th of December and of virgin birth and all this. That was, that's not true. That was just made up by a dude. So we have myths on our side as well. Hmm. Sad. Hmm. It's sad times. Hmm. Anyway, uh, get out there and have a non Christ Christmas. If you want to Xmas X, have an Xmas, have a, 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 a holly festivus. jolly, Xmas. Yes, exactly. It's the Um, best time of the year. Indeed. And feel free to sing all of the traditional Jewish songs that go along with (laughs) with Christmas. Uh, You are not not tied down to anything. Indeed. Uh, 
But that said, if you would like to chime in about your favorite Christmas songs or your least favorite Christmas songs or your favorite Christmas traditions that your family did or the awful, horrible Christmas traditions that your family did, uh. you can do any or all of those things by writing into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. We'd love to hear from you. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, hey, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, and click the like button. And if you'd like to join our members only lounge, you can do so by going to our website, thankgodimatheist.com slash members only. Yeah, hey, thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks, all y'all, for tuning in. We really appreciate you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.